podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to tonight's 1871 podcast episode. And we weren't actually due to have an episode tonight, but we thought it's coming up to a, a crucial time of the season for, for Reading. Um, it's felt like that for a while, actually, but... Um, we decided to have an, an episode tonight and we thought it'd be worth catching up on on all things Reading FC. So it's myself and Johnny tonight. So hello, Johnny. How are you? Good, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Another another fun time in Reading history, isn't it? Yes, it's interesting times, isn't it? So look, we're bringing you this bonus episode tonight that we recorded yesterday. Um, obviously, we're recording it now as we speak. But by the time it goes out, it'll be yesterday that we did it. So if there have been any developments today, i.e. Monday, with point deductions and so on, uh, anything like that, we'll be chatting about those on tomorrow's episode, so Tuesday night's episode. And that will be a focus on Reading FC women's season. And our special guest will be Lindsay Hooper, who's the lead WSL presenter for Sky Sports. So looking forward to that one. Um, we we had We touched on sort of... The, the Reading women season a uh, couple of times last series. So we had Natasha Dowie, didn't we, Johnny, as a guest? Yeah. Uh, really good to speak to her. And we did, we did a bit of a roundup, but um, we thought it'd be good to uh, have a focus on the Reading women. So that's what we'll be doing tomorrow night. But here's what we'll be discussing on tonight's episode. The one-all draw against Hull on Saturday the current Reading FC situation, including how things stand, games coming up, injuries and so on. The manager situation at, at Reading, I'm sure that's going to take up quite a bit of our focus tonight because everyone's got an opinion about that. So you'll hear ours. And we'll also be seeing if we can find anything positive to salvage what, uh, well, to salvage from what is uh, basically, a very poor runner form by anyone's standards. So, Johnny, let's start off with the most recent game, uh, a one-all draw at home to Hull. Um, so let, let's kind of summarise it. Um, obviously, we got a draw, so we broke the losing run. Um, but it is now a point in five games. That's the current form. Liam Moore, Tom McIntyre went off injured. Um, Ari, uh, Andy Carroll uh, got the equaliser. And Cesare Cassaday seems to be making a positive impact. Um, it looked like a 3-5-2 formation or something like that. Yeah, 5-3-2, um, 3-5-2. Yeah. into one or the yeah. other, doesn't it? So it sort of felt a little bit defensive in a way. Yeah. Um, but what... What do you take from that, Johnny? Because, you know, it's a draw at home to Hull. We've only got one point in five games, but it's an improvement on the previous four games. What's your kind of feeling, having had time to reflect on the game? Like, it's... Again, I, I, the way that Ince talks about it, it's like, well, you know, we're playing a decent team. We, we've got a point. Hull and mid-table, you know... You're going into games playing, like, and and you know I wasn't at the game. I, I, you know, I spoke to people, and and you know it was very negative. You know, you get the goal back, and you're thinking, like, push on second half, but then he doesn't make any subs, freshens, you know, bring fresh legs on. He seems very reluctant to play any of the younger players. Um, you know, give them a chance. It's like we'll stick with what you know we do, which is Andy Carroll, and we play this way to the 88th minute. Um, and I think somebody summed it up pretty well was when we had the free kick just before the final whistle, we passed the ball back and then the whistle blew. It was like well, any other team would have lumped it in the box and hope for a chance. And that, to me, that sums up the mindset of, of, of Paul Ince. You know, he's a decent guy. He's done what he's done with us. But yesterday, he seemed proud. Like, the players are tired. The players are tired. And so well, if they're tired, change them. We had Noel Hunt on talking about you know, three or four of the younger players in the under-23s that he feels are ready for the first team and have featured this season. What have you got to lose in a game like that where one of them might go, I want to be a hero, I'll take them a chance and do something. But clearly, you know, we've had the injuries with Shane Long now and 
Liam Moore, Tom McIntyre. We're going to have to rely on these kids for the rest of the season in some form, like we did at the start. And they did all right at the start of the season. So I don't understand his mindset, to be honest. Um, one one thought for you, Johnny, is that, you know, we don't know, we haven't had an opportunity to speak to Paul Ince, um to see what he actually thinks. So we can only kind of give our opinion, give our thoughts um, in, in some way, if we can represent what Reading fans think, whether it's positive, negative or, or otherwise. But do you think it is as simple as Paul Ince just going with what he thinks is his best team? which is kind of, in a way, that's the way it should be. And and that means, you know, that's why Andy Carroll starts. Is it? Do you think it's as simple as that? He's picking what he thinks is his best team. Well, the, well, he obviously thinks he is because he's picking the team. But if you, you know, you look at, you know, Nesta Guinness-Walker as a classic example of a young player who he either doesn't trust him one way or the other, but he offers something that, Baba Rahman, Tom Mack doesn't on the left wing back. You know, he, 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 defensively he's not great, but again, not defensively great as a team. You want to pick a fault of a player. We could probably go through every player in the team and go, well, they've got this as a weakness, that's a weakness. But he's he's got some something about him that an attacking sense that we miss in in the other positions. You've got the new laddie in say Chelsea Loney, who's looking good. You know, week by week, that's. A, that's a very good positive that we got in the club. Um, but I just I just find it, you know, yes, we all know about the embargo. Yes, we all know about possible points deduction. Yes, we all know about, uh, you know, we can't pick the, you know, sign players. We get that with 37, 8, 38 games into the season. Change the mindset of what we're doing. Like, this is it now. This is 10, 8, 9 cup finals left of the season. We need to be on the front foot. We need to be positive. It's what it is. We all know what it is. We're in it together. Let's get a siege mentality in together in a positive way, not a negative way, and look forward and start trying. You know, the crowds are dwindling. That's another big issue. So the players aren't going to be getting, you know, when we've had big crowds, as we did, I think, you know, the the Blackpool game, when we had the kids in, there was a 17,000 there, I think. And, you know, that helps. So that, you know, getting getting the fans behind the team, but he's not helping doing that with the way things are, the way he talks, the way um, he sets up. You know, at home, we're playing defensive football. Yeah, but also it's worth saying that you're going to get bigger crowds if um, at least one of the following two things is what you're going along to see. So a winning side, you know, at the moment, I I got uh, asked by someone if, if I wanted to go to the Sheffield United game and I, and I did, but I couldn't in the end. And I'm kind of thinking I, I wasn't I wasn't that confident that we'd get anything from the game, maybe a draw if we if we do well based on yeah. current form. So that's that sort of thing is what affects crowds, results, mm. and also the way the team's playing. If a team is playing good football, dynamic football, there's energy and they're a bit unlucky to sort of draw games instead of win games or maybe lose a game in, uh, and instead of drawing a game with a bit of bad luck or whatever and actually doing quite well at home, then, you know, at, at least one of those two things give you a motivation to come along. And there will be, of course, those fans, they're going to go anyway, season ticket holders, um, but that's what fans want to see. They they want to see the team winning, the team playing entertaining football. And obviously, neither of those things are happening at the moment. So the, the crowd situation is not a surprise, is it? But let, let's kind of look at, you know, what positives are there? So Cesare Cassidy's come in. And actually, we had um, Reading's commercial manager on Tim Kilpatrick and... Hmm. Um, you know, I think at least one other person has, has pointed out all the restrictions that, that Reading have been under. Actually, you could say, well, look, the fact that we're not already doomed to relegation in, in some ways is a positive because of how restrictive it's been for Reading with a transfer embargo and all that. And, you know, he, he's one of those positives that we can take from Saturday's game. Um, 
But of course, then you get you get the negatives with Liam Moore getting injured, Tom McIntyre getting injured, um, and and you know let, let's actually break it down to the facts. We're now um, nine points above rele- relegation. So if you look at it as glass half full, we've more, moved a point closer to safety. But then Huddersfield won. So, you know, if we are getting that six-point deduction, and it looks like we are, then we're three points above relegation. Um, you know, obviously, Blackpool are showing a, a bit of form. Um, Huddersfield are showing a bit of form. They, they won away to Millwall on, yeah, on Saturday. Eight games to go. We've got one point in five games. So we're, we're losing away, and we've only got one point you know, in the last however many, is it three home games? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we've, we've lost two. Okay, Sheffield United, Millwall, difficult team to beat. Um, kind of, at least we got a, a point on on Saturday, but I, I don't know. It's now, I, I still think we'll stay up. I, I still think we, we probably only need, you know, maybe a, a win and a couple of draws. I think we're more than capable of achieving uh, of achieving that between now and the end of the season. I'm I'm still feeling quite confident that we'll stay up, less so than I was, you know, when when yeah. I first started making that statement. But I still think we'll do it. Um, Bristol City away next. You know, mm-hmm. we know what Reading's away form is like. Do you? What I want to ask you, Johnny, is how much of a danger is it that? That Reading are actually going to go down this season. I, the way that it's at the minute, while the way I look at it, and, and I think other people are the same, we're sleepwalking towards relegation. You know, you're looking at the way we're playing. You're looking at the way we're the way we're going into games. The last few games, you know, you want to see a team on the front foot. You want to see a team going for it. You know, he's talking about a point at a whole like we won the World Cup. You know, it. it We've got some tough games coming up. We've got, you know, we've got Wigan and we've got Huddersfield. You know, the way things are, they could be sick. You know, they could be relegation survival for either side. So they're going to be tough games. But the way, you know, we've now got a window two weeks before the next game. I'm honestly not convinced that Ince is the right person to get us through for this next block because... We need somebody that's going to trust the younger players. I don't think he does. I don't think he's he's buying into that. He's shown that by his substitutions. Um, he's kind of, I know we're limited again, but it's kind of Andy Carroll's his go-to person all the time, which is great. But that comes at a cost because we don't play a different type of football. Is you know we've got you know Tomins on the pitch who you know at times is so petulant, it's it's unreal and. He seems to be you know, immune from criticism. Um, I don't think it's a healthy, a healthy place at the minute um, for where we're going. You know, like you said, if you lose a game and you go at a team and you hit the bar, you hit the post, you, you you didn't get the luck. Everyone goes, that's football, fine. When you're at home in a game like yesterday, and he's saying that the players are out on their feet 15 minutes ago. You then risk losing the game because you're keeping tired players on. You're risking more injuries by for keeping players on. So you've got young lads that, if they're good enough to be in the squad, they're good enough to play for 15 minutes. So what message are you then telling them that I don't think you're good enough for this team? So I don't think you know that you put all that together, and obviously you know I think there's a lot of fans that are very negative about him now, as, as in where we're going as a club. But obviously, you know, all the stuff with the points deduction hanging over us, not knowing maybe it's this week, whatever, whatever. Um, I'm, I'm not filled with much confidence the way things are, that, that things are going to change on the pitch because the way he's setting up, the way he's talking, the way we're playing has been the same the last few games. And he's not even trying to change that as the manager to give it a different buzz, yeah. you know? Yeah, because we... We had a, a great chat with with Leroy Lita, and and he was saying, you know, one of the one of the secrets to the success of that team, the one hundred six team, is that you had hungry players, and even when Reading clinched promotion, they weren't satisfied with that. They wanted to win every game. 
you know they went, they went into games with that belief that kind of energy um dynamism and and the fringe players that played a big role didn't they when they stepped in yeah, yeah. and you and you just don't get that sense do you you you, uh, you use the word sleepwalking and i think a lot of reading fans would would agree with you and and i'm i'm sure players would get offended if you accuse them of not trying hard enough but you just a lot of the Reading fans would say you're just not getting that sense. And whether that comes from the manager or, you know, how much responsibility you put on individual players for that, on the captain um, and and so on, you're just not getting a sense of, you know, we had Tim Kilpatrick on, the current commercial manager at Reading, um, head of commercial. And he said, you know, the players will be trying everything. But the fans want to see evidence of that. That's good to hear that, if that mm. is genuinely the case. And, you know, no player wants to, unless they have got some sort of ulterior motive and things are going really badly and the manager's lost the changing room or, or whatever. But generally speaking, players, you know, you, you want to win games. You don't want to keep losing games. So I get all of that. But you're not... The, the fans are seeing what they're seeing and a lot of fans are saying that we'd we're not at least if we're seeing that that energy and that commitment to the 50-50s and 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 actually that effort and then if we lose and we've been unlucky or that that's that's one thing but we're you know we're losing we're not playing well and some of the players um are you know you, you can see there are certain players that are putting in the effort but collectively it just doesn't it doesn't look great at the moment does it that you know aside from the results reading aren't playing very well and let let's talk about the manager situation now because there are a lot of fans who want Paul Ince to go now and get someone else in and actually what very often happens I think it happened that Everton when Sean Dyche came in you get a bounce what they mm. call a bounce and you win a game and that one win could be what Reading need to stay up because I think it is all about Reading staying up and momentum isn't it football's about momentum and yeah. you, you change your approach yeah and, and it will bring some different ideas um, you know we don't if Paul Ince does go then what happens to Tom Ince does it matter you know do we because if you like players that we've had on, um, such as Leroy Lita, you do have a feel-good factor and that confidence that helps you as a player, helps you as a team. Mm. And if you've got everyone on the same page, everyone pulling in the right direction, you just don't really get that feeling about Reading at the moment. And and I think so. Let's let's discuss the manager situation. So I even saw a comment that. You know, red Reading are going down. It's we're like you said. We seem to be sleepwalking towards that. Someone actually said that's not the worst thing in the world to to happen. And and I'm when I say this person said this and this person said that, I'm referring to things that have been said on the various sort of Reading fan groups on Facebook and Twitter and all that sort of thing. Yeah. So I saw someone say, I think actually, you know, I'd like, I I, I think now is the time for the future of the club, if we do go down in the long term, we may well benefit. It might take us a while to come back, but then you get that, you know, we remember back to the nineties. and <laughs> We did the same thing, didn't we? We went down. Same thing. So we went down and the same thing happened with the Premier League, two seasons of the Premier League went down um, and then went, went back up again. And, and that does happen, but it, it kind of is, getting quite difficult to do that now, even going down from the championship. That's you... what I was saying there, Mark. I was thinking back to 97, you know, last season at yeah. Elm Park, we got relegated down to League One and, you know, yeah. at the new stadium. And that took us a, a while to... But then get... you start then you start again, don't you? Yeah. Look at, so let, let's look at successful Reading teams of the past and the managers. So you go back to the 80s. Ian Bramford had a very particular style and he went to Southampton and he was hated for it. It didn't work. Um, but at Reading, at that time in 
in Reading's history, it worked really well. So it was a particular style of football, not to everyone's liking, but we were winning games. Yeah. And that was brilliant to be a fan there. The record-breaking roars. So we, so then we went into the 90s. We had Mark McGee came in. Uh, he was player manager. And, and I think what worked really well there, it wasn't just Mark McGee as manager. It was Colin Lee as well as yeah. assistant. We've got Colin on next week as um, as a guest. So we're going to talk to him about that. So, and then you had, I think, the start of Reading moving towards their journey, if you like, towards the Premier League was possibly started by Alan Pardew. Yeah, definitely. Some would say it happened, it started before then, but I think Alan Pardew was the the manager who took it to the next level and you had the Martin Allen influence and that sort of thing. And then, of course, it was Steve Koppel, Brian McDermott. Um, What is it about those managers what did they do differently it was to do with recruitment it was to do with motivating the players individually it was to do with having a game plan um tactically now you can't um, level any criticism really against Paul Ince for the first one about the recruitment because that that's something that he inherited and and we seem to be moving in the right direction and you could say that look what the restrictions he's he's had to work with last season when he came in and this season um you know do do we actually have to give him some slack because if he does avoid relegation then you could say well look it's it's job done but i mean you've i think you've answered this question already johnny do you think it would be better for reading if paul ince Stayed on as manager at the end of the season, and let's keep our fingers crossed. Or should he go now? Someone else come in, um, and then we hope that we get that bounce factor and do what we need to do. Because the other thing to think about is is Paul Ince a long term solution for Reading anyway? What, what's your what's your views on what you think will happen? What should happen? One thing I can definitely say is not the long term future of the club. Whatever happens at the end of the season, we stay why up. Why is that though? Tell me why. I just don't. I just don't think he's the right fit for for, for what we need as a club. As going ahead and, and having someone, his mind's he's been out of the game eight years. You all know that. Blah, blah, blah. I just don't personally. It's all about opinions. You know, we could probably disagree. I just don't think the way he he does things, it it doesn't sit right for where the club needs to be going in the future. Short term, to the end of the season, like people are going, oh, can we afford to sack him for all the finance? I don't know about that, but like, if it sits under the, you know, the embargo, whatever you want to call it. We've got, man, we've got people inside the club that could do the job if he went. We've got Mark Bowen, been there, done that. We've got Noel Hunt. I, you know, what to me, whoever it is, to me, it sounds like in that change room that the players are scared to do whatever to be able to um, show their own ability. It's very like some of them saying yesterday, like even you know, basic passing is is not happening. You know, players look unhappy. Players don't look like they're able to express themselves, enjoy their football. You want someone to believe in them, and I'm not sure this is happening. It, it you know, we've had. The, the aftermatch stuff where it's, you know, that's not my team out there, that's not there. That might work for one game when you want a, a response, but when you're getting that all the time, it, to me, it's very negative. The setup's negative. His mindset is negative. We all know, let's like say, you know, I'm repeating myself, that we all know what the situation is with the club, but we don't need to keep hearing it. You're the manager, do something positive, make people support you. Derby did it last season with Rooney. They were like that siege mentality where, you know, they went on a run of games where they, the fans got behind them, even though they're in the most impossible situation to stay up. They actually didn't, <laughs> they weren't far off in the end because... Yeah, but they, they did get relegated. They did, but they had 21-point deduction, wasn't it? You know, let's be honest. Yeah, like, no, yeah. that's true, that's true. So... But yeah, that that belief and that that energy that that togetherness that's I think that's the thing well, that I think it's not there the togetherness isn't yeah. there between fans players 
management. It's what it was with um, Mark McGee's team, Mark McGee and Colin Lee. It was with that team. Um, it it was it, certainly Alan Pardew had his own style as a manager, but the sort of players you you had there, you had the likes of A.D. Williams, you had leaders of Parkinson, Nicky Forster. You you had Mertz, yeah. And then obviously Steve Coppel, Brian McDermott. Um, so look, yes or no answer from you, Johnny. Should Paul Ince go now? Yes. And, and <laughs> so what? What's your what's your main reason for why you think he should go now? Because it's not working, and it hasn't worked for a while. One point in get, five games, huh? One point in five games. Yeah, like we're we're at a situation where beggars can't be choosers. We we need to stay up. I, I I'm not convinced because the way that you know we've we've and you know the start the start of the season started well. Since the World Cup, we haven't been great. Um, but that seems to happen with Reading almost every season. We we start well and then fade apart and, and you know get found out. What do you want to call it? You know, it, it it's become. We, we 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 don't look like we have, you know, we're not trying to be positive. That's what we, you, know, you know. We went out in the game. We start the game like up to Saturday. You know, we had one shot in three games. That's 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 just not good enough. Like we have got decent players. You know, for the, the restrictions that we had, you look at the squad. They're 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 good enough players to keep us in the championship. The likes of Andy Carroll. The, the other thing that's worth bearing in mind is. We, like every team has injury issues. Red Reading, you know, some more than others, and, hmm. and Reading have had problems. Two more went off injured on on Saturday. McIntyre, who you would say, is a key player for Reading, of course. Um, Liam Moore went off injured. Obviously, you've had um, Loom got sent off in there against Blackburn, so yeah. that's a suspension. So that hasn't helped, um, but. Let, let, I've got two more questions for you, Johnny, about this situation. Hmm. Um, three, actually. So, first, number one is, do you think... So, you've already said you think Paul Ince should go now. Do you think it's an interim manager until the end of the season? Yeah, I think it has to... If, if he does go, and I'm not convinced he will, you know, what I think and what the club thinks is different. I can't see... I think it'd be hard for somebody external coming in trying to change things like people have talked about ex-legends like Murty and whatever coming in not knowing the team not knowing trying to change things in two weeks to get things going it could work I'm not saying yeah but I think when you've got someone in the club who knows the younger players because we are the injuries we've had I don't know what we've done how many windows how many mirrors we've broken how many lads we've walked under but that's the problem with the whole embargo of getting, you know, free transfers and, you know, the amount of injuries that's built up. And yeah. We're going to have to rely on the younger players. So we need someone that's going to believe in them because there's there's one out there. There's a player in that under-23s team that, that can make a difference to this team. We've seen glimpses of it. Yeah, but- that could be, that could be, you know, he, he could score a goal that could be the, the difference that keeps Reading up. And and also, if I was thinking about the situation at Spurs when I think it was Ryan Mason came in. Mm. I'm not 100% sure, but I think it might have been when Jose Marino got a sack. Yeah. Ryan Mason came in as, you know, as sort of temporary mm. um, manager, interim manager, whatever you want to call him knowing full well that he was just an interim manager and then mm. someone else was coming coming in. If you bring someone in externally and they keep reading up, you could say, well, look, you know, if he's the right fit for the future and he keeps reading up, then we'll consider him. But you've got, like you said, you've got Mark Bowen who could step in. Um, I Personally, I don't think Noel Hunt is experienced enough. You mentioned him. Um you know, if if Ince goes, Alex Ray will go. Yeah. Um. So here's my next question. You've said you're not convinced that Paul Ince will be replaced. 
the story came out about the keeping tabs on on Murty. We don't know how much truth there was in that or what that means. Is that for a future manager? Is that mm. you know an, an, an imminent possibility, etc.? But a lot of fans, I think, you know, those, those who are kind of a bit more supportive rather than fully against Paul Lintz being the, the Reading manager, would say, um, and, and do you kind of understand this argument, Johnny, that if Paul Lintz keeps Reading up, does he deserve to stay on as, as manager? I Look, I... You know, the club's in such a mess that nothing's a really a fair argument if, you know, if you're, you're sitting on both sides, isn't it? Um, the, the club needs a reset in the summer. Whatever happens, whether we go up, whether we stay up, go down, we can't care. Up. We're, by the way, we're not going up. That's not. No, not. no, no, no. <laughs> like, we can't keep doing what we've been doing for the last few years, which is gambling on these managers and hoping that something works and something comes out of it. Like, I, you know, I think, like, Behind the scenes, the the Brian Carey, you know, Mark Bowen, that last summer's recruitment under all the restrictions is probably one of the best summers we've had because they actually also, had to make an effort. Yeah, and also um, the accounts for last year came out in the last few days, didn't they? And mm. and the situation it doesn't look good still, but actually it's not as bad as it was from the, the year previously. And I, I think some lessons have been learned. So it does feel a little bit like we're moving in the right direction. And I think it's all about, uh, I think it's in stages. So this stage that we're in now is we get to the end of the season, we see where we are at the end of the season, and then there's a reset. And I think I think we will see an improvement from from the summer onwards. I, that That's my gut feeling. That's what I believe will be the case. Oh, definitely. Um, I think because we won't have, you know, we've learned the lesson with paying cheap yeah. wages for players. You know, most of those will probably be gone. Yeah. You, you want hungry. Again, it's going back to the old time of finding the right hungry young players to and having an idea of what we're actually aiming towards. Yeah, the embargoes, you can't pick, you can't build a team in the style of whatever. If it is Ince, and, you know, if Ince was the manager, if his style of whatever he wants or if it's, yeah. Anyone else, they've got a style of play and they want that bloke for this and that bloke for that. We can't do that under this embargo. We haven't had to do that for three years. So all the managers have had that impacted on them. And I get that. I'm, you know, I'm not slating. It's been difficult for all of them. But at the minute, we're in crisis mode and we need yeah. different. Um, I said there were, th- I had three more questions. So this is my third one. Can you, can you see? I think this is a, a quite an easy answer. And, some people will say, well, why are you even asking this? Can you see any scenario where Reading get relegated and Paul Ince stays on as manager? No. I can't. I, I, it, just, it just isn't. Would it surprise unless, you? Unless, you know, unless he's got a deal that he has to stay if Tom stays. You know, like that. Would it surprise you, though, if that happened? Nothing surprises me in football anymore, Mark, to be honest, because it's just so bizarre, you know, like, you know, you know, with the way that the game's going in general, but for Reading, more importantly, you know, if that's if that's what's going to happen, then you know, fans aren't going to watch the team play. I don't think under under him. And you know, if we're looking ahead to wherever we are next season, I think people want to see someone that they believe in and identify with. Someone that you go, yeah, we can see where this journey's going. We saw the journey with back in you know with. McGee, we saw the journey with Pardew until he went on garden and leave and went to West Ham. We saw the journey with Cobble. We saw the journey with McDermott. Have we seen any journey since then? Fleetingly, probably Adkins, uh, you know, the first season. Fleetingly with Yapstam. The rest of the time, it's been golden gamble of a manager and, and different things and how many other players are coming through. And there's not, there's no progression. It's just get these players in. And that's why we're the mess, you know, we're spending stupid I wages. Think- yeah, I, I think, for me, Paul Ince is an, an interim manager, even though he isn't that entitled. I think he's an interim manager in the fact that Reading have been in a, a very difficult situation, mm. the transfer embargo, and he's fire, he's been firefighting since he came in. Oh, absolutely. You know, he's done what he's done. And he must be under huge pressure. You know, it's, it's a horrible yeah. job. So, so if 
Um, I've kind of asked you this question on a previous episode, Johnny, but whether he goes now or at the end of the season, um, if he does go before the start of next season, um, what sort of manager do Reading need next? What What is the mould of that manager? What, what should... What boxes does that manager need to tick? I think a lot depends on what, what we're allowed to do again. I mean, I, I think most people are hoping that in the summer we're allowed to, to start again, as in we're allowed to you know sign players and we're allowed to do things like all the other clubs are allowed to do. If we're allowed to do that, and who knows with the football league because they make it up as they go along, um, then you want a manager. I think you want a manager that is passionate. You want a manager that wants to prove himself. And you want, a, you want a manager with a plan, I think. Yeah, you want a manager who, who's got an identity. Someone you don't you don't need a manager that's been around the block. You don't need someone and uh, just using the name, you know, you don't need the Steve Bruce's, Mick McCarthy's, whoever, whoever, been there, done that. We need we need to start again. Pardew was a very good example of that. He was a hungry young manager who came in, the whole sp- spirit, tenacity, flair approach. Martin Allen came in with his, you know, the, the sidekick. It worked. Then, then he went. Martin Allen doesn't work anymore for me. I need to move on. He moved, moved to the next level. If we have to reset that whole project and do it again differently, then so be it. But it, we don't get that information from, you know, the, the senior management of the club. Yeah. We're not getting like what's happening. We, we, you know. Um, I think fans would fans would go like if if someone told us like this is that we've, we've looked we've made our mistakes this is where we're starting again next summer we've got a new plan this is what we're doing Mark Bowen comes out and says right you know this is we've learned we're not going to waste money and then people go okay right yeah we're not going to go you know win the league but like I think we were talking about the other day Reading for years were building step by step when they got promoted from the Division One. For years, back in the 2000s, we were around the playoffs. We were, we were always in with a shout. We may not have done it. We may not. We may got in. But you went, yeah, we're, we're daring to dream and daring to believe because you could see it in the team. The team gave us, they were the, there was a, a united spirit and a team that you believed in. Well, Good I think bad. on that point, Johnny, I, I think what's happening now, you know, and what's hap- what happened last season is uh, a result of is the consequences of mm. whatever you want to call it, bad management or, or whatever. So I think, you know, it, probably most, if not all Reading fans, will be looking ahead to the summer as, as a reset. And I think, you know, I said, I think you need a manager that comes in with a plan. And by that, what I mean is his own way that he wants to do things. Mm. But that's got to fit in with the way that, you know, Reading have got to have a strategy as a club and the manager's got to fit in with that. So the manager puts his own stamp on it and plays whatever formation, you know, whether it's a process of how he brings young players in um, or, or whatever it is. But that manager has got to fit within a plan that people like Mark Bowen are working on. Mm. And, and also... You, you look at what's happened with Patrick Vieira at Palace. And, and, and Palace, can you believe this? They're considering, if you believe the reports, they're considering <laughs> bringing back someone who's 75. Yeah. You know, and, and you look at Lampard, you look at Gerard Rooney. Okay, yeah, he had a difficult job at Derby. But these great players very often don't make good managers. No. And, what, and then what happens? I think Sean Dyche is, is a good manager because actually, yes, Burnley got relegated. Um, but I think what his success was that he took Burnley up in the first place. So, yes, I do think he deserved a chance at a club like Everton. But like you said, like Neil Warnock, you know, they've been around the block. And, and as Dylan points out, you seem to have more chance of getting another job in the championship or league one or whatever, if you've been relegated, it yeah. doesn't seem to. So my worry with this story about Graham Murty, we, we love Graham Murty. Mm. Um, you know, he's a, he's a Reading legend, of course, as a player, 
And yes, he's got experience of of managing Rangers. But is he really, is there a danger? And I think the answer to this is yes, by the way, that he could be to Reading what Frank Lampard was to Chelsea. I think there is that danger because, you you know, and, and yes, managers, they've got to start somewhere and they deserve a chance. And yes, he's managed Rangers. But again, I've been seeing comments on social media and I, I completely understand this, that we can't do this on sentiment. That's not the way, that's not the way no, to be a new manager. So I, I think, you know, what would make sense for me is if there's a, I'm not thinking of anyone in particular, but if there's a, a manager that's done really well with a club in League One, and it's like a progressive step, mm. um, a manager that has had experience of managing in the championship. And if that so happens to be, um, you know, someone with a Reading connection, yeah, Phil Parkinson would be, I think, a, a good choice as Reading's next manager because he's he's done his apprenticeship and he's, you know, he's now manager of Wrexham. They look like they're going to get promoted. He's He's got a lot of experience behind him and he's got that Reading connection. But I think it has to be in in that order. I, I don't th- I don't think it's going to be Phil Parkinson, by the way, no. but somebody like that. So yes, he's a Reading legend, but that's secondary to him being the type of manager that I think would work well for Reading because also the players would respect him for the fact that he's, you know, had that experience as, as a manager and been relatively successful during that time. I mean, Keith Curl's an, another one. Again, I'm not suggesting, and I don't think it will be Keith Curl, but he's had, you know, he's had success as a, as a manager, lower down the leagues, ex-Reading player. But I think it's got to be, um, it's got to be that way round. If they so happen to have played for Reading, been a Reading legend, whatever. So I don't think you can give the job to somebody like A.D. Williams or Mick Goodin because they don't they've got to tick the some boxes first rather than picking them mainly because they're a reading legend Do you know what i mean i think that has to be like if you you have you want to see a plan in place so if they went right well we've got you know obviously you know, say Jilksy on the coach and stuff you said okay you had whatever ex legend of reading that you want to pick as part of a coaching squad and you're going right well, okay well, we're seeing where this is going there's a there's a plan they've thought about it they've actually you know the last six months that they've gone out and they've they've actually looked at who was the best person for the job. Then they've gone and got them. You go, okay, well, they've actually thought about this for the last however many years. I don't. It, don't, it comes across that they haven't really thought about the managers. It's just let's just stick a hand in the pot, yeah. pick one out, see if it works. Yeah. You know, and then you've had you know Jabba John, the super agent involved because he's been pushed by an agent, and, and yeah. it's got to be the other way around, doesn't it? And, and actually, let's. I I can't personally. I my gut feeling is we'll never see Dylan Kerr as as body <laughs> manager. No. You know, I, and I and I think that's that's a really interesting point though. Reading bring in Paul Ince, who hasn't been a manager for eight years, hasn't really been a successful manager, hasn't been a manager at any club for any length of time. Mm-hmm. I think this is his longest managerial role, isn't it? Yep. But you look at you look at Dylan Dylan Kerr. Yes, it's been in South Africa. It's been in Kenya. It's been in, and, and I'm not for, for one minute saying it should be Dylan Kerr. I don't know. It's I'm just saying it's got to be the right strategy. But Dylan Kerr, he's won trophies. He's gone into clubs that are in the relegation zone. He's kept them up, and that's and he's done that in several different countries in several different environments where it's a different culture so it's vietnam it's kenya it's south africa and so that would make more sense for me not because he used to play for reading but whoever it is that would make more sense for me than bringing someone in who's been out of work for 8 years mm. and didn't really i i don't, I don't know I, don't, I i can't remember what Paul Ince achieved as as a manager. Can you? What well, a huge you amount, you know. I think, you know, it's it. 
and it was eight years ago. You know, it's not like he's been so, in management eight years since, and he's been at different clubs, and he's done his time like Warner. Yeah. And... Now, Volko Paunovic, he won the what was it? The under twenties. Yeah. What that was it, or the Euros? Yeah. yeah. Serbia, wasn't it? Yeah. So you, you can kind of you, you sort of go, okay, well, yes, he's won. He's won something. Um, so you can sort of see the logic in that, but you know, Paul Paul Ince, it seems as a, a his criteria, the boxes that he ticked to get that managerial job. If you look at it logically, is that he's had some experience as a manager with, I think it's five different clubs. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a that's a box ticks uh, ticked experience. He's a well known name. Which seems to get people jobs, Lampard, yeah. Vieira. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yes, he's ticked a couple of boxes, but not enough for me. Um, so I think you do have to say, and this is what we've we've mentioned: Brighton, we've mentioned Brentford as yeah. sort of good kind of models and templates in terms of how they do things, and you need to. The starting point has to be this is our strategy. So what what's where are we looking to go? We want to get to, back to the Premier League. So ha, what's the starting point? So you build a house, you put the foundations in place, yeah. you start a business, <clears throat> you know. And I know a bit about that. You know my experience. Um, you've got to put the foundations in place. You can't you can't run before you can walk. No. And, and we hope that that's happening already at, at Reading. So have have the strategy in place. Mark Bowen, director of football, sporting director, whatever he's called. Um, obviously, you've got to take into account what's going on with the club, but have that strategy in place. And that strategy includes this is the type of manager. This He's got to tick all of these boxes. So he's got to have this type of experience, um, you know, whatever that is. And then you bring... So if Graham Murty fits that mould, great. Yeah. Fine. Do you want someone that, that's that, that, that's good at bringing young players through? Do you want someone that's you know knowledgeable of the game, has contacts in the game, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's there's got to be someone. Scenarios. It's got to be someone who fits the plan. Yeah, but we, we, I don't think there's ever been a plan. I think that's the issue, Mark. Isn't it? If you don't feel no Reading fans feels like there's been a plan for years, and there needs to be one. I think the owner, the owners situation has not helped with that obviously the you know Zingarevich and all, all of that stuff that went on um it, it seems to be that there was this idea that Zingarevich was a, a Reading fan but I think it was just the fact that he studied at Reading University or something wasn't it was he really a Reading fan um and it's just somebody who wants to buy a football club and, and I, we've talked about the difference between someone like Sir John Medeski who really cares about Reading, the community, and um, um, overseas owners who are interested in getting involved in football, buying a club, and oh, Reading's not available, but you know, Oxford United's available or Rotherham's available. It's, you know, the other thing with it, Mark, as well. Like on the other side, if we got relegated, would the owner go? Oh, enough. You know, that's a that's a big question as well, isn't it? For another day, maybe. But like, you know. If we're one league further away from the Premier League, would he go? I'm not doing this anymore. He's already had two clubs fold under him in Europe. Is 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 that a situation? Yeah, you because know, we are in a, you know financially yeah. not in a great position. And why would it? Why would it be different with Reading? Yeah, like what you know what what you know what have we got to offer if we're in a League One team? Um, you know, it, it's it's a worry, and I think it's a worry for a lot of fans. You know. It, it, Owners come and go, managers come and go, players come and go. For fans like yourselves, for all of the fans, it's our club, it's our community, it's our home, it's the team that we follow. You know, you see fans that aren't, you know, going anymore, that are local, that season ticket holders because they've had enough. And that's wrong. You know, it's it's not some we need a restart, we need a change, we need a passion, we need clear direction, we need a future, and it needs to happen. And it it, it has to happen this summer. The we start, cannot the do this. Is, starting point has got to be the strategy. It's got to be let's yeah. get the foundations yeah. right and yeah. give give the fans a reason to come to games. Yeah. Whether, yeah. whether that's we've got a team that that can win games, you know, if we're at least be competitive, at least 
give the fans a reason to come along, whether it's entertaining football, um, players like when Leroy Lita came in, you know, that hunger. Yeah, yeah. That's, and that's no what, one's expected, well, apart from 2005, you're not expected to win every game. We only lost two, but, you know, normal football terms, no one, it's football. What you want is to see a team on the pitch, you go, yeah, that's my team. That's who I believe in. And it's, I'm, again, I'm not critical of, of individuals in the team because you've got, you know, players from Reading playing for it. It just doesn't seem a happy place. And yeah. it doesn't look like it's changing anytime soon. So the, ban- the manager always gets the, the you know, the, the blame. So in this situation, it's the same for me. So they need to be unleashed. They need someone to go, right, lads, go out there and play. Go and express yourselves. Go and enjoy yourselves. If we lose, we lose. But the fans will go, yeah, look at that. You know, somebody's, somebody's going out and, and, and trying to win the game, trying to play, yeah. trying to enjoy themselves. And we're not seeing that. We haven't seen that at all. Do you think, Johnny, because there's been this talk about a disconnect between the club and the fans, right? Do you think that a lot of fans feel there's kind of some sort of lack of identity as a, not as a Reading fan, because actually a lot of the Reading fans have got more identity, you know, Reading Football Club identity than a lot, you know, the, the, a lot of the, the players on the pitch mm. at times. Yeah. We, we've got, obviously we've got people like Tom McIntyre back in, you know, in the days of when Michael Jilks was playing, he's like a, uh, part of the reason he's a Reading legend is because he came through the, the mm. at Reading. He was at Reading a long time. He's still involved at Reading now. Um, so there, there is a small element of that, but it doesn't it doesn't matter whether you've got like one or two players that came through the Reading youth system, and the rest are people like Andy Carroll or or, or whatever. It's when, when you know when you had that the one hundred and six team. There was an identity about Reading, but it feels like that's been lacking since the Sir John Medeski days, doesn't it, really? Well, I think because the identity came from the top. You know, the identity was yeah. Sir John, the the management, you know, through that era, because there's a few different managers you believed in. You had, you know, you had lead, leaders on the pitch that even in the not the greatest of times, you had guys like Parky, who you mentioned, was a leader. And he would, you know, run through brick walls for the team, even when we weren't playing well. Then, yeah. you know, when we were more successful, you had guys, again, you went, they give everything for this team. But they they, they played as a team. There was no one player that was better than another. They were a collective Parkinson, Bill Parkinson, A.D. Williams, people yeah. like that. Yeah, they, and even like the lesser uh, names, if you like, you know, guys like... Nicky Shorey, Eva, Sonks, all these guys were would stand up for the team. You know, they they would they were they would, they had that. You know, we're we're Reading and we'll take anyone on. And 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 you watched them and you believed in them. Yeah, we didn't always win, but you went. They went against the biggest teams and they gave them a hell of a game. Even yeah. if we didn't win, you went. Geez, I'm proud to be a Reading fan because they've left everything on that pitch for the team. Yeah. And you go like that's 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 all you ask as a fan. And again, you know, we know what the circumstances are with the club. We're seeing bits of you know people's efforts and whatever, but it's just in a, it's just not in a great place. And and yeah, there's a big reset ahead. Two months time, we know that. Yeah. This the, the, the short term future is 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 a real scary place because yeah, you're hanging over the edge of the. The cliff, they're going. Geez, we... on the edge, on the edge. Well, we're 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 on the we're on the cliff edge. At least we're on the top of the cliff. At yeah, the and it could be worse. You know, yeah. like the downside, we could be in the bottom three. We could be, you know, we could be bottom six points off. We're not, but I don't see a dynamic changing anytime soon. Unless well, let, let's, let, let, let me put it to you like this then. So I want to hear from you. Do you do you think Reading will stay up? And then if Reading do stay up, in terms of what the team looks like at the beginning of next season, do you think it needs to be wholesale changes or is it like keep the likes of um, Tom McIntyre and then, you know, add a lot of new players, like bring a couple through, bring bring in new players? Um, what, what 
so the first question is do you think Reading are going to stay up I hope they do I always hope I'm a, are you going to say yes or no I yeah I, I do I, I I you know I'm a until it says no we're not then I'll say I'll stay you yeah, know, we're going to stay I up do. because I do John but I do. it's not going to be enjoyable yeah but that's that's Reading you never enjoy watching me so you know hope so what what about in the summer let, let's say we've I don't know a a scenario that is entirely possible. We we stay up. We do like we did last season. We we finish. I think we were three. Was it three four points off the relegation zone? Yeah, something. Like so um, yeah, was it? We got forty one points, didn't we? And Derby were the top of the bottom three. Yeah, it was quite. It was comfortable in the end. Got. So we were. Four, I think we were four points. I I think it's going to be something like that. I think. It'll be three or four points. You know, we don't know what's going to happen with the, the other teams. I'm not sure, entirely sure what the latest is with Huddersfield and their situation. Don't have one points, just don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it is a bit worrying with, obviously, Black Ball had a, a, a great result. But then you look at a team like QPR, they've been in free. They, they've they've got yeah. a, as bad a situation in terms of their results and their current form as, as Reading have. Cardiff, you know, and then you look at um, you look at the situation as a whole. You look at the form of the other teams. I think I think Reading are going to do slightly better than scraping safety. I think it's going to be a three four point gap, something like that. And then, so you get to the summer. Do you have a clear out? Do you keep? you know, three or four players like your McIntyres, people like that, and bring a couple of new players up from, the you know, the under-23s or whatever, and then bring in like half a new team from from outside. It, what 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 would you like to see, Johnny? Well, I kind of already, you know, you've got some like Nabi Sar who think I signed a four-year contract, and I'm kind of going, like, that doesn't make any sense to me, is it, in the team that, you know, the situation we're in. He was on a free transfer. Why? Why are we offering a four-year contract for a guy like that? And he's done okay. I'm not saying he's you know the best in the world, worst in the world, but that that as a that to me already is like why as a business sense putting the money into a contract for a guy that is on a nice comfy contract for four years. You want players that are hungry and whatever, and, and you know that's what we need at this time. You got Andy Carroll, then you know till the end of next season. Again, I'm kind of going. It's not again. It's nothing personal about the players, but I'm, is that is that what we really need to be doing at the minute? Um, you know, but then you know, the, on the side of that, then you've got guys like Yid on the side of long contract. Again, is it because you can? Because we have to? Is a you know? Because you need some security. I'm not saying they're the best players, the worst players, or whatever. Um, but then you know, in the summer, <clears throat> you know, you've got the. the the whole usual situation of all the lone players going back, the Hendricks, the Baba Rahman, you know, the the, the short term contracts, the Guinness Walkers. Is I, we could sit here and say one or the other over another over another, but it depends what we're allowed to play with money wise and market wise. <laughs> and all again, all that you want to see is is a plan. Right, we need to pick a get a small competitive squad of 18 first-team players that are competitive. You've got players that you've identified that play a certain position. One thing we obviously do miss is a creative attacking midfielding kind of player like Swift. I'm not saying it's Swift. The young lad on loan from Chelsea has been good. He's a young player, but he's going back to Chelsea. That's not going to help us long-term. You know, we're in this situation where we're having to beg and borrow and use players for different things. Um I'm sure, like, you know, Noel was saying to us the other day that, you know, there's there's three or four players in the under-23s that certainly first-team squad players for the future, and that's great, and that's what it should be. Um, but then it's kind of like a jigsaw, isn't it? Like, with everything, you're looking at what, you know, left-backs are a premium in any football team, trying to find someone that fits that role. The, yeah. the, the biggest thing, you know, our defence has been woeful for, for years. You know, we we... We don't have, we have leaders, but we don't have leadership. We don't have, I don't know what it is. You know, we ship goals. Again, I hate using the word about mentally weak as a team, but it's happened so often over so many years that 
when we crumble, we crumble. And you're like, why? Why is that? So there's there's that. You you know you look in as a as a club. You want different. You want the right people to lead the team. You want the right players in the right positions. It's not always easy said than done. Yeah. But if you went out and you went right, this is what we've got. You go to other clubs and you identify as a player from you know as we did. Nicky Shorey say you know was oh, the Orient reserves he came in, but it was ident. Some of these the scouts, we go back to the, the, the Brian McDermott you know, interviews, the scouting system hasn't been there. You know, we're watching they're watching videos to identify players, you're getting random players in and, and you look at you look at back to that uh, one oh six season, you mentioned Nicky Shorey. Obviously Leroy Leet has been a guest. He came from Bristol City uh, and you know Dave Kitson came from Cambridge United. There's a like, bit of a clue there, isn't there? So we we could we could talk about this all night, Johnny. Mm. But I want I want to finish off um, because you, you might not realise it. We've actually been chatting for an hour already. Goes quickly, yeah. it? but um, yeah. let's look at the next few games. So um, Bristol City away on April the first, which obviously is April Fool's Day, um, and then after that it's uh, Birmingham at home, followed by. Preston away, and then after that, it's um, Burnley at home. But let, let's let's look at the next three games because that takes us up to Easter Monday. So Bristol City away, uh, Birmingham at home, Preston away. Considering Reading's form, um, the last match against Hull, etc. What do you think is a realistic? target for points from those three games. So Bristol City away on the 1st of April, Birmingham at home on Good Friday, and then Easter Monday, Preston away. What points tally do you want to see from that? If, if I was being honest again, it depends how you know things materialise. I'd say four points. I'd go a win and a draw and a loss. That would be okay, you know, the way the things are. And that and could be enough to keep us up, by the way. Yeah, and I think you know you're looking, you know, you, you, you know the Birmingham beatable, Bristol City beatable, Preston beatable. Yeah, they're away games, but if there's a change of mindset and a change of leadership and a change of something that you go to those games believing that you actually can get a point or a win, yeah. they're beatable teams. Like you know, we're not we're not talking Burnley, we're not talking Blackburn, we're not talking Sheffield United. They're the teams that we 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 should go out and get at least a point, like we did against Hull. We yeah. can get a win. But it's about how it's up there as a as a leadership group and as a team, yeah. and, you know. So that's that's realistically for me. I don't know about you. What do you think? Well, I think that yes, it's a poor run. It's one point in five games, but at least there's a, a glimmer of of hope there that you know our last our last game, our current run of form of the last one game was that we didn't lose. So we've broken that cycle, and maybe the fact that you know we got the the goal from Andy Carroll, that's given the players a little bit of. Do you know what I mean? A little. Yeah, bit yeah. Of, you've ended ended the the, the the break on a not as negative yeah. note. No, so you're not. Now, so, so now we've got a little break. Next game, April the first. Um, I, I think that we are going to be safe. I still think that. I think we're going to get enough points from the last eight games to be safe. I kind of go along with what you said. If if we get even if we get three points, whether it's one win or three draws, um, I think that will see us heading in the right direction towards staying up. So I I have no preference for which game that comes in, but if if we've added another three points by you know the that third game on Easter Monday, then. I think we're moving in the right direction towards mm-hmm. staying up. So um, our next episode, Johnny, is tomorrow night where we're shifting our focus to the Reading women. Um, and our special guest is the lead WSL presenter for Sky Sports, Lindsay Hooper. So she's going to be talking about Reading season, um, about the Reading players, the, the manager and, and so on. So we're having a, a bit of a change, a, a focus on the on the women for a change. So that's tomorrow night. And then we've got some great guests coming up. Um, we've got Colin Lee as well. He's coming up very soon. So, um, yeah, 
look forward to um, the next episode and onwards and upwards, let's hope. Yes. <laughs> All right. Okay, thanks for your time, Johnny. And um, I, I, I don't know if you've noticed, I've so- stopped saying come on you ours because I, it was then followed by a defeat. So I've decided to stop saying <laughs> I haven't got a match anytime soon anyway. So so focus on the women tomorrow night and then we'll look ahead to, to the next game on on the 1st of April. So we'll, we'll still continue our efforts to bring you some some great guests. And um, as ever, you can contact us on um, at 1871podcast on Twitter or Instagram. Who knows? Maybe one day we'll have a TikTok account. Um, that's that's a possibility, I'm sure. And, of course, you can find us on YouTube. You can actually watch the episodes now. And what I would say with that is we, we do know of at least one um, Reading fan who's um, either visually impaired or blind. I can't remember which. But you can get... Uh, uh, sorry, de- we've got a deaf fan. It's the other way around. Sorry, so we've got a deaf. We've got a deaf fan, and on YouTube, you've got you can uh, select a transcript. So if you know any Reading fans who are a deaf or hard of hearing, if you direct them to our YouTube channel, there's a transcript button there, so you can actually it's like subtitles if you watch a film in a foreign language. But even if you if you can hear fully you know everything then you can watch us on youtube anyway if you just want to watch the episode rather than just listen to it so the episodes are uh, available on all podcast platforms so apple um spotify etc etc and also now youtube so um there's no escaping us mark is there no and then like (laughs) i say you know let's see we might be on tiktok at some point who knows (laughs) Who knows? All right, Johnny. Well, uh, enjoy the rest of your your week, but um, I'll be seeing you, no doubt, tomorrow. Anyway, for um, uh, our special guest, Lindsay Hooper, on the next episode tomorrow. Look forward to it, mate. Cheers, Johnny. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.